welcome to the Dream Machine with Aaron and Patricia. We're the this is the podcast where we review DreamWorks films, and so uh, but, so basically what we do is uh, right now we're reviewing the ones uh, that uh, basically don't refer to a particular uh, type of season or uh, or a particular type of the year, and so we're we're doing those in order. But uh, for those uh, like that are Christmas related or Halloween related, we're going to be doing them on the, the on those particular events. So uh, so Patricia, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. Yeah, and uh, are you ready to take a trip to Egypt? Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to this one. Yeah, here we go. So the, after the uh, after the moderate success of Answer, we uh, later on got uh, the 1998 American animated sh- film called The Prince of Egypt. Uh, it's a historical drama and first traditionally animated film produced and released by DreamWorks Pictures. Uh, the film it was an adaptation of the Book of Exodus and the following of Moses' life from being the Prince of Egypt to, to his ultimate destiny of leading the children of Israel out of Egypt. Uh, the film was directed by Brenda Chapman, Simon Wells and uh, Steve Hick- Hickner. Uh, the film also features uh, uh, written by Stephen Schwartz and the score composer by Hans Zimmer. Uh, the voice cast also features major Hollywood actors, which include uh, Michelle Piffler, uh, uh, Ralph Fiennes, uh, Steve Martin, Martin Schott, and Ofra Hansa, who sang the char- sang her character's number "Deliver Us" uh, in the seven languages, including her native Hebrew language. Uh, so she did some pretty impressive stuff in that. So, uh, so for me, like um, the Prince of Egypt, though, is I guess is an underrated classic because, unfortunately, uh, because of the nature of uh, of the of the content of this, uh, it couldn't get released. It was barred from release from some places in the Middle East. So, uh, what what its full potential could have been if uh, those uh, things were uh, those barriers weren't in place is probably unknown. But uh, in regards to uh, in here in the here in America and and also in Europe, uh, it was uh, you know a notable film and ov- and uh, obviously is. Uh, Taking the love of many people on uh, in DVD collections across uh, living rooms across the world. So, uh, I mean, Patricia, what did you uh, originally think of it? Well, yeah, I think that my, my history of The Prince of Egypt is that this is another movie that I did see in theaters, uh, very similar to Ants. And um, I come from a Christian background, and I was really excited about hearing, uh, you know, oh, I saw the commercials for this, I heard about it, I was really excited. Eventually did see the movie, I was like blown away because it was just so amazing. I mean, I've been familiar with the Ten Commandments because my family uh, likes to see that movie every single year, The you know, the 1956 movie with Charlton Heston. And so, um, you know, I was familiar with that. And then, you know, comparison to the Prince of Egypt, it's like, you know, they were able to get some of the stories right. But at the same time, they were able to take some elements and kind of like make it different for this movie. Like the fact that we see the perspective of Moses and Ramesses as brothers and also, you know, the story about like, you know, where their ranks were with Moses being the leader of the Hebrews, letting his people go and Ramesses being the pharaoh of Egypt trying to 
you know, continue the traditions of, you know, the ways of how his people lived. So yeah, there, there's like this duality that's actually really fascinating that is not really discussed about in the book of Exodus. But if you do see the opening of the movie, it does go to show you that, you know, while they were trying to be as accurate as possible, they were taking some creative liberties. And, you know, they were trying to get to the spirit of the book of Exodus, which, you know, is to be expected, of course. But it's, I think that the way they were able to pull it off was pretty good. It's kind of it was kind of a, you know, pretty, pretty gory. I think I think it was later be probably eclipsed by the passion of the Christ. I mean, you know, but uh, um, the fact that you had an opening of like a song of like, you know, soldiers going in and like killing the firstborns and things, you know, so killing babies and stuff like and, you you know, doing population control, pretty much, and like uh, it was, uh, it was pretty, pretty, pretty hard, hard hitting at the very beginning. And uh, yeah. obviously, then you have like the, uh, the you know, the uh, the the basket of hope, which uh, you know it has Moses in it and uh, being set, set down the river. And then obviously that is has its, uh, you know, uh, scary factors to it as well. And uh, exactly. So, so, yeah, so, and, it, and for those who, uh, got, oh, I'm sorry, go it's, ahead. it's almost like the start of a, like a, a really hardcore action movie pretty much you know it's like yeah yeah so uh for those who are um not familiar with the story of the bible basically after uh joseph and his brothers came to egypt because the land of canaan was struck with uh, a, a long famine they were able to grow and they were able to expand so much that the egyptians were concerned about that the hebrews might take them over so they decided to reduce them to slaves and they have been doing so for 400 years and so then we cut over to that particular scene in which when the pharaoh Seti was making the proclamation about that they had to get rid of all the boys as much as possible so that they can be able to reduce the amount of Hebrews that are going to be born and at the same time using the you know the remaining people as slaves which is actually done really really well with the song deliver us when they're like working really hard under the sun and under the mud and the sand and pulling against all long and heavy rocks to build the pyramids and yeah it's actually just you know pretty brutal just the the way that they're you know the, the the slaves are portrayed you know by the egyptians and then you know going over to when moses is you know being traveling down in the, the the nile river and you know in, in real life yes the nile river was filled with crocodiles and just seeing that and the the large waves and all that stuff and you know his sister miriam just looking to see if the the baby's going to be okay i mean th that is like very accurate to what happens not only in the bible but also in the ten commandments mm -hmm. so 20 years later moses and his brothers uh, ramesses are uh, scolded by their father for accidentally destroying a temple one with their because of their youthful misadventures uh, was that, was that accurate to the bible not even close. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't First of all, that, well. um, if you've read the Bible, Moses and Ramesses were barely even in the same room because Ramesses was a few years older than Moses. And they they barely knew each other. The only time in which they did know each other was when, um, you know, Rams, uh, when Moses and Aaron finally came back to the palace to say, you know, let my people go. And then, you know, Ramesses did know eventually who Moses was, but for the most part, no, they didn't have that brotherly relationship. Yeah. I think but from what I remember, the brotherly relationship came from a book in the, you know, that was written many, many years ago about, you know, a new perspective of the, the book of Exodus where it shows Moses and Ramesses as brothers because, hey, you know, Moses was raised by the Pharaoh's daughter. And, um, you know, what would have been like if, you know, the new king, uh, the new Pharaoh of Egypt and, you know, this 
boy who was a Hebrew raised in Egypt. I mean, what was it like with their relationship? I don't remember what the book was called, but, you know, they were able, they were taking liberties uh, from not only the Ten Commandments, but from that book as well. Yeah, it makes me wonder, because obviously there's another uh, film that's uh, obviously kind of, uh, you know, uh, co- coincides with uh, uh, the Prince of Egypt, and that's the Ten Commandments itself, you know, the one that starts Vincent Price and uh, various other classic characters. Uh, from from back in the day, uh, I have that on my on on DVD currently on my on my shelf, and so um, that that also kind of portrayed um, you know Ramesses and uh, Moses are not really you know yeah, yeah, knowing each other, but they're kind of more rivals than they are um, you know obviously ha- had any like um, you know any type of meaningful relationship. So uh, that was kind of like how that was portrayed in the in the in the classic film. So. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think that another, th- I think that what's clever about, you know, the Prince of Egypt was that, uh, you know, uh, the first half of the movie is like a little bit more lighthearted. I'm, I'm sure for some people who are like dedicated to reading the Bible, they would find this as incredibly sacrilegious. But I think that for the most part, it does really like uh, paint off the first half as like really lighthearted. And then, you know, you go over to the second half in which, you know, it you know, it does really show the struggle of Moses and Ramesses as brothers. I think if you just left them as rivals, I mean, there would be like this distaste from the very beginning. But the fact that they really loved each other as brothers and then when, you know, when society pretty much just tells them, oh, you know, you have to be the Pharaoh or, you know, when, you know, Moses tells God, you have to free your people and you have to confront, you know, your brother for the first time in a long time. It's like, it just really goes to show you about like, you know, this is how it is, and things cannot go back to the way they were. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I'll give one credit to uh, the Prince of Egypt compared to the Ten Commandments. Uh, the the, uh, the Prince of Egypt is only 99 minutes long. Uh, the Ten Commandments is three hours. Yeah, I know. It is very, very long. <laughs> and it's a lot to take in as well, so uh, that's another thing about it. So, um, obviously, there, there's the, uh, the the antics going on in their youth, and uh, then later that night, uh, Moses uh, helps... Uh, uh, you're gonna have to help me pronounce this the uh, name of uh, Tisphora. Oh, Zipporah. Uh, yeah, uh, escaped from the palace and is reunited with Miriam and Aaron. Uh, despite Aaron's attempt to protect her, Miriam tries to sell, tell Moses about his past, but he refuses to listen to her and returns to the palace. The truth is then about his past is then later confirmed in a nightmare, and uh, finally by uh, Seti himself. Uh, the next day, Moses accidentally pushes an Egyptian guard off a scaffolding of the temple while trying to stop him from whipping a Hebrew slave, and uh, the guard falls to his death. Yeah, uh, which that actually did happen in the Bible. Okay, so uh, that's not another one that's you know taking liberties for that. And uh, mind you, like uh, imagine if that didn't happen in the Bible and they did put that in there, like you know that would be that would be freaky. I mean, they they did also feature this in the Ten Commandments as well. Mm-hmm. You know where you know Moses uh, sees the uh, Hebrew being beaten up by the Egyptian and he kills him. And then he buries him in the sand. And then the Hebrews are basically like, you know, oh, you you, you murdered somebody. You know, why should we take orders from you? Yeah. But the one so, thing I will say is that in the Ten Commandments, uh, um, Moses' concern for his people is far more is far is, is far is far more ex- described well, far more exampled. I think in uh, in the beginning, because not only is the um, you know his concern for you know you know Jews getting whipped, and uh, the and also there is the woman who nearly got crushed to death underneath that uh, you know thing that she was moving. You know when she was like greasing out the uh, you know yeah, the, yeah, that, and then there was that bit, and then there was also uh, the fact that people weren't getting fed properly, and so obviously he opened up the silos. So, so people could get it, could get, could get, could get food, and then he just, he uh, shows the um, the the pharaoh that oh hey I got your I got all your uh, things built on time 
you know, uh, long before, you know, that, and he's just astounded by everything, and he obviously makes the speech, you know, the strong make many, the weak make few, and the dead make none. And uh, so, yes. I think, I think the, um, I think that's far more, um, I think, I think his concern for the, for, for the, the, he, you know, the, the Hebrews, I think is far more, uh, elaborate, I think, in the Ten Commandments than I think it is in the Prince of Egypt, even though I uh, think yeah. it makes And again, do we know, to be fair, um, Ten Commandments had a lot more time to showcase that than the Prince of Egypt. Yeah, that, and that's another case as well. My God, three hours? <laughs> yeah, three hours, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. And, you know, they were able to dedicate, like, you know, each of the times, you know, uh, you know, unlike the Prince of Egypt, uh, the, the Ten Commandments actually does show what happens after they leave Egypt and they're, you know, wandering around 40 years in the desert. The, the Ten Commandments ends when, um, you know, Moses holds the Ten Commandments in his hand. So we never actually do get to see, you know, what the people were going through in, you know, the 40 years in the desert, uh, you know, their take on it. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they had to, like, you know, cut a few things which is understandable i mean we can't have a, a two hour long animated movie it would like bore the kids to death you know probably would do yeah uh ashamed and confused moses flees into the desert in exile uh, despite uh, ramesses pleased to stay after moses defends uh zipporah's younger sister from bandits he is welcomed into the uh Miniet tribe uh, and their father uh, jethro uh the high priest uh, of uh, meridon uh, the, um, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, which I actually have to say that you know the the first time in which we actually do get to see Moses over into uh, Midian when he's like dried up in the desert and he's like exhausted and he's you know thirsty and he's trying to get some water and is you know this the same water that the goats are drinking. Then we see Zipporah again, like you know helping Moses out in the well, and then when she realizes who he was, she, you know drops him down, and then the sisters basically say that's why Papa said that she'll never get married, which I thought it was a very funny. <laughs> and uh, so obviously there's the uh, one thing I haven't noticed is that we haven't sort of spoken on is probably like probably the musical numbers that's uh, you know, yes. through this done, so- done brilliantly by both Hans Zimmer and by Steven Schwartz you know Hans Zimmer you know there needs no introduction in terms of like all the music he's done I mean he's pretty much br- brilliant when it comes to like you know the music he's done he's done like the lion king the pirates of the caribbean movies uh inception dark knight trilogy all that kind of stuff and uh steven schwartz you know same thing with you know all the music that he's done he's done everything from like you know pippin and pocahontas hunchback of notre dame and probably his most well-known work he's done the music for wicked Mm-hmm. I think at the time, I think you know, it was like something like the very, you know, very dramatic animes. I think at the time that had like all the dramatic music. But I think then when Hans you know, Zimmer came in and uh, you know started, uh, you know, doing that for uh, you know obviously American animated films, I think uh, then he started kind of like saying, "Oh, hey, look what we can do here." And like, mm-hmm. uh, and really, really elaborate that. And uh, I think so. He's done some really good things in regards to the Prince of Egypt. You know, he did an incredibly good job at uh, you know really making that stand out. So yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, you know, obviously the uh, there's the there's the uh, is it called join the dance? I think is the uh, they have that musical number and it's oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah 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 I, I know what you're yeah he- uh, heaven's light is what it's he- called heaven's light okay then and uh, so then there's uh, obviously uh, Moses getting you know getting into uh, into the tribe and then obviously we get to the point where he discovers the burning bush and oh my goodness the music makes this scene. And uh, it's just like, uh, you know, you, uh, it, it's just absolutely, uh, you just get taken in by it. 
by it all. And uh, you know, from the, the beginning of it, when he uh, when he discovers it, when it's talking to him, and then to the moment that uh, you know they they go to like the crescendo of it all. Oh, it's it's brilliant. And then there's the stuff after with that, where Moses is describing what he saw to uh, to people, and you can just hear the music just kind of like describe everything that happened to you know uh, for him. You know, there was no dialogue needed in that. The music told the story. Yeah, like, pretty much so. Which uh, that's a great example of that. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, we'll play that And, you know, like, and yeah. then you see Zipporah's, like, concern about, uh, you know, Moses going back to Egypt to free millions of people, and you know, from their slavery. And, you, you know, you see, you know, Moses describing about how you see how her family is free and how they're living the lives that they want to and how he wants to see that for his people and that how God was telling him about this, which, um, I, and the fact that, you know, Zipporah actually comes along with him. Uh, you know, to give her support, which, you know, not uh, is also very, you know, close to the Bible. And, you know, not only that, but I guess they also cut from the movie that uh, Moses actually had two kids with Zipporah. Uh, they, they did bring this up in the Ten Commandments as well, when one of the sons was being threatened to being, you know, killed off because he was a firstborn and the Pharaoh's wife was trying to protect um, him. But uh, I guess, you know, again, they had to cut this for time, which, again, it makes a lot of sense. But... Yeah, and uh, in the Ten Commandments as well, his kid actually has some speaking lines because uh, during the time when, uh, obviously, all the firstborns were dying, you know, in, uh, you know when, the, when, when Passover was going on. And uh, so he, he got some dialogue by basically asking Moses basically what was going on. And right. So they, and they... also, you know, another thing that they cut from the movie was that um, after... Um, you know, Moses was traveling, you know, from Meridian to Egypt, he meets up with his brother Aaron. And um, in the Bible, it also explains about how over time, Moses pretty much forgotten about the Egyptian language, and he needed his brother Aaron to interpret it for him. And so both of them had this, their staffs, and they were showing off the powers of, you know, the, you know, what God has given them to both the Pharaoh and to his magicians who he had, uh, you know, by his side, which um, that, you know, we go over to that particular scene when um, when Moses and Zipporah were walking into the palace and they see that Ramesses is now the Pharaoh of Egypt and they have this touching reunion with each other. But then he has to give the announcement that he is not here to come back as the Prince of Egypt. He is returned so that he can be able to set the slaves free, mm. which then we go over to the scene where, you know, he transforms the staff into a snake. Yeah. And also you see like, you just, you just, you just see how much Ramesses conflict is going through him. And uh, and uh, I think it wasn't this in itself not part of the Bible uh, as well. I think uh, I think that was just done for drama. Yeah, yeah, it was done for drama. It wasn't. It's not in the Bible at all. In no. which he's going through this conflict. The the only thing that he was going through was like his heart was hardening. You know, when he was seeing like the plagues, and he was seeing about how you know the the Egyptians were being miserable, and you know Moses is constantly saying, "Please let my people go," and he's saying, "No." So that's that's pretty much the only thing that the Pharaoh was going through in the Bible and as well in the Ten Commandments as well. But, you know, the scenes in which when the magicians are, uh, you know, turning the, their staffs into snakes and the scenes in which they were turning the water into blood, that does actually happen in the Bible as well and in the Ten Commandments. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, like, uh, song. I, don't, I don't want to offend anybody here, but, you know, I think Rabbis was pretty badly written in the Bible. <laughs> 
<laughs> what do you think, what do you think about it? Well, no, like, dare I say, probably the Prince of Egypt wrote him in a, in a better light, maybe, but, uh, you know, obviously... At least in a more sympathetic about. light, in a more um, more fleshed-out kind of way in which we actually do get to see the conflict he's going through, you know? Yeah, I don't know, it's like, because, uh, uh, I mean, you obviously wouldn't, you know, I think there's other, other controversial characters in history, I don't know, would you really paint them in, like, a sympathetic light, really, the same way you would paint um, Ramesses? It's, a, it's an I, interesting debate, isn't it? about how you would... Yeah, uh, it is very interesting, yeah. Yeah, because, like, you got to really be careful with, like, you know, if you have a character that's, you know, I don't know, like, uh, like Joseph Stalin, for example, like, you know, he mur- he he murdered millions of people. Like, would you dare uh, do a... a mil- yeah, obviously, there was, like, the death of Stalin, and uh, I don't think they actually... I don't think they actually... Obviously, it was done... If they did portray him, like, in some... Com- in some in some sympathy, obviously, it must have been done for comedic effect. But uh, like, if you did like I a historical movie, the only time in which I did it. see Stalin uh, portrayed in a comedic effect was like some sort of mobile game that Russia made. But yeah. I don't know; I've never seen anything like that before. Mm-hmm. And the only time I've ever seen, uh, you know, kind of Hitler like done done in that kind of like way is probably like when uh, he was like in probably like in Red Alert when he was like erased from history. Maybe. Or the producers, you oh, know, the when they were trying to make the musical of, you know, Nazi Germany. Oh, God, that was, you know, so it was kind of like done in, like, you know, like sci-fi or, like, uh, you know, comedic effect, but it's never been done, like, for, like, in, a, in like, a serious historical film, kind of like, you know. No, 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 yeah, right, right. Absolutely not. But, anyway, so- but um, the, the what I, I really like the scene in which when the magicians Hotep and Hoy are, you know, basically saying, you know, you're playing with the big boys now. I Moses. don't know. This is, isn't this the part where it kind of sticks out like a sore thumb with Steve Martin and Martin Short? Not to say that they didn't do a good performance in it, but uh, I don't know. It's like... Uh, well, I'm not this- talking about the song itself. I'm just talking about, like, the scale about, like, they think that their powers are greater than God's. And, you know, they summon the snakes and then, this, the you know, the, the, the snake that Moses summoned ate the two snakes. You know, th- that's very close to the, what, you know, the Bible portrays it. I'm, you know, I'm just talking about, you know, in that kind of scale. And I believe they also did that scene in the Ten Commandments as well, but obviously not without, yes, the, they uh, did. without the musical yes. accompaniment of... <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. It's just basically like they threw the staff, turned into snakes. Then the first snake ate both of them, and then it just turned back into the staff. So there you go. That, yeah. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. So and obviously they did the uh, they did the blood scene where uh, yes. uh, Moses puts his staff in the water and uh, he turns into the whole rover turns into blood, and everyone's you know horrified at what's happened. Um, I mean, can you imagine swimming in blood? That is pretty terrifying. I mean, blood is a lot more thicker, and you. Pr- I mean, if you were to sink, you probably wouldn't be able to breathe properly yeah and uh mind you is like uh it's uh, and then you slowly start to see kind of like the magicians like you know sl- failing to kind of like re- 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 you know react to moses and so obviously when you when all the when all the other uh, plagues start happening and things like that and so obviously there's there's nothing they can they you know there's no way they can respond to it and yeah, so, exactly. You know. Their powers are pretty much just null and void when the plagues start happening. Well, they didn't even have they didn't even have powers to begin with. It was all smoke and mirrors. Yeah, know, exactly. Yeah, so it was like uh, they really were just, ma- just uh, magicians in the in the sense. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so we, then we have that, you know, montage of, you know, all the plagues happening and the conflict between Moses and Ramesses, like, singing together about, like, you know, uh, what, you know, what, you know, like, you know, let my people go. And, you know, once I called you brother, um, then, you know, basically just, like, you see just, you know, how they pretty much are divided, you know, with, like, uh, Ramesses being blue and Moses being red, and it just like it it's, it shadows it you know pretty effectively with you know the suffering of the Egyptians and you know what's going on in the palace and the pain of Moses like releasing these plagues and even though he didn't want to in the first place, if only Ramesses obeyed um, 
what God was telling him in the first place, none of this would have happened, you know? Yeah. And dare I say, I think, uh, I think they probably did this better. This is one of the places where I think they actually did this better than the Ten Commandments did because in, in the, when the, when the Ten Commandments did the plagues, it was like, it was pretty much like an arc, it was pretty much like an act in the story. So it's like, it was kind of like, uh, uh, you know, every single thing that seems to happen, it, it was to feel like, uh, you know, the Ten Commandments didn't really have a three-act structure. It probably had like a, like a twelve-act structure, pretty much. <laughs> it's like, you know, where there is, uh, they say, you know, where there's the, the, the Prince of Egypt said, okay, well, uh, I don't think even it has anything to do with time. I just think, look, let's just do it as a musical number. Obviously, we can make it really emotional. We can make it really, you know, we can do, uh, uh, you know, great dialogue. We can do great effects. We can do, uh, and we don't even have to, uh, you know, it's just on shock value alone of every single plague. Like, you know, we don't have to drag them out kind of like the way the Ten Commandments did. So yeah, they, 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 and, the, and the Ten Commandments, they played every single plague out, like all 12 of them. The frogs, the blood, the hail. Yeah, the, and looking back on it, it just feels like it was totally unnecessary. It's like, look at the shock value that's being portrayed here on The Prince of Egypt. And it's like, I get it, like, you know, there's a difference between having, like, you know, a classic theatrical film and obviously, you know, a, a, an animated film from DreamWorks. But uh, I just feel like DreamWorks did this better than, you know, the uh, than the predecessor did, I think. It was shorter, by the way. And shorter, yeah. Yeah, exactly. They got more effects out of out of what? How 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 long was that scene? Probably like five, ten minutes, something like yeah, that. Yeah, just about like yeah, just about. Yeah, just about around that time. So uh, obviously, then we get uh, one final. I don't think it's like I think that's the second to final confrontation between Moses and uh, um, Ramesses. Uh, yeah. Ramesses. So we go over through the three days of darkness. Yeah. That's the eleventh plague. Yeah, and it's just so emotional how um, you know uh, th- th- you know they try and because. Um, uh, I'm just thinking on my feet at the minute, but uh, um, it's it's amazing how um, I like how they basically said to they put this scene up like Moses did not want to this to happen, but he said, "Look, this is going to happen, and I don't want it to happen, and I, I want you to just uh, just stop it." And, he, and Ramesses just kind of just just throws him off, and then it happens, and then obviously you know that's the final straw. So yeah, it's like, I mean, yeah, basically, you know, when he's talking to his brother, it's like, you know, your stubbornness is what's causing this misery upon your people of Egypt. You know, all of this would be finished if you would just let the Hebrews go. And he pretty much just said, no, I will not be the weak link in the chain. I will not be threatened. I am the Pharaoh. And then Moses pretty much warns him and tells him that something else is going to be coming that's even worse than anything that's happened before. And, you know, then that's when his son, um, you know, Ramesses' son comes in and just, like, tells him about how scared he is and, um, and you know, just wondering about why all of this is happening. And it pretty much just points that, um, you know, that, that wonderful scene in which when, you know, Ramesses pretty much just not only denies uh, Moses' request of letting his people go, he's talking about, like, you know, I'm going to, you know, make sure that, you know, there's going to be a great cry in Egypt that has never been heard again. And, you know, kind of like this huge threat towards Moses. And then he was just like really shocked at what he just saw. And and it was pretty much inevitable about the final plague, which is the death of the firstborn. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's the, it's the ultimate final step really. And it's like, uh, you know, the, the way it's, uh, which one portrayed it in, in a more cruel sense? Would you say the Ten Commandments did it, or would you say the Prince of Egypt did it? I mean, here's the thing. The way that the Ten Commandments was able to do it, um, they were able to do it in a way that was a little bit more slower, like, you know, like this bit of, like, fog and kind of, like, smoke was, like, slowly crawling in, and then when it finally, uh, you know, like, gets to them, then they all just drop dead. But with the with the Prince of Egypt, it was a lot more quicker. It was like a, it was like a quick light going even to every single house that did not have the painted blood. And they were just able to take 
the um you know the the firstborns and then eventually reach over to the palace and then um you know takes away his son and then eventually when the whole thing was over you hear the cry of all the people in egypt you know of all the the firstborns that were killed off and then you see that of you know that long effective scene where Ramesses was carrying his son you know over to um you know be covered in a cloth and then he just looks really down saying you know leave me alone you have my permission to let your people go so yeah. Then, you know, it, ju it just becomes and then you see finally that scene in which when Moses just breaks down and cries because he didn't want this to happen. I don't think we ever get that. I don't think we ever got that in the Ten Commandments. Yeah, because when you when you really think about it, like uh, the 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 kid who just died was basically his ado well, somewhat adopted, you know, nephew. Yeah, so pretty like, much. That, that, that must have like uh, you know that, that that must have an effect on you. Imagine like having like you know not an immediate member of your family, but you know you had somewhat of a ro you know not. A, I, I don't think it's fair to say that Moses had a role in like you know I guess God was going to do whatever you know we needed to be done to you know to get the people free, and uh, that's interesting actually because you would think that would that would create a a rift between Moses and and God when you think about it when you know saying that oh you just killed my adopted nephew. For for this, and you know, it's uh, like um, when you think it would make him think of a little bit about what he what had just happened. Like it, it must really mess with you when you think about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like it's it's pretty you know like effective. Like he could have said, you know, why God? Why did you take away you know my my brother's son? But you know, I, I mean, it, it was warned that you know this was going to happen. Yeah. Like he knew this was going to happen, but unfortunately, you know that. Nothing much he could do. You know, yeah, there was nothing much he can do. Exactly. I mean, this was what happened had to be done in order for Ramesses to be convinced. Hey, um, you, you, if you're not going to let my people go, then guess what? I'm going to basically, you know, show you that I am God. And you know, if you try to disobey me or you try to, uh, um, you know, defy me, you know, you're going to suffer the consequences. Yeah, and I think uh, interesting. Also, just interesting as well. Who do you think? What do you think uh, portrayed it better? The uh, the death of uh, Ramesses' son, uh, the uh, the defense of Egypt, or the Ten Commandments? Because okay, it, well, it, it, they're both different, you see, because we see, you know, um, you know, Ramesses really affected by it, but the one who's affected by it the most is his wife. You know, we do get to see the wife a lot more in the Ten Commandments as opposed to the Prince of Egypt. And we get to see, like, her devastation because she's helped um, Zipporah, you know, save um, Moses' son's life. And then when she finds out that her son was not saved in the same way, she was angry at Moses, but she was also angry at, um, you know, Ramesses as well. And then, you know, you even have that scene in which, you know... Um, you know, when she tells him, you know, don't come back until you have Moses's head, you know, or, you know, you draw the blood or, blood you on know, on your, on your sword. Yeah. And because you can see, like, you know, Ramesses was kind of going mad in the Ten Commandments, saying that, oh, you know, here's, here's this Egyptian god and he's going to bring his son back to life. And he ends up like, right, resting right. on his arms and, like, he just uh, sat there for hours, basically, kind of like, you know, decomposing. Like, you mm -hmm. know, it was like it was, uh, it's kind of. It's kind of morbid when you when you think about it in the Ten Commandments, as in, as in, uh, you know, the Prince of Egypt. He just kind of accepts that he's gone. Like, you know, right, he just right. says, yep, yeah, he's, you know, he's dead and um, this is what's happened. And, you know, okay, I'm going to let my, you know, let the people go. And uh, mm -hmm. that, and then that happens. So, um, so obviously then there's the exodus uh, finally starts to happen. And uh, then, uh, but uh, I think in the, because in the Ten Commandments, um, I, was, I know we, I know we're supposed to be talking exclusively about the Prince of Egypt, but you can't really help but connect it. Yeah, you can't really to... do. The, yeah, exactly. I was just about to say you can't do a comparison. It's like when we compared ants to Bugs Life. 
Yeah, but it's like it's it's kind of like because I'm a fan of somewhat both films, and uh, on top of that as well, obviously we we got other things we can compare it to as well, so it's like the the Bible, so like <laughs> the Bible itself. So uh, so obviously there's the Exodus, and then they come up to the Red Sea, but then obviously Ramesses decides to change his mind, decides to go trying to get them back, and uh, sends his whole army after them, and including himself. And uh, this is the bit where we get the um, the when um, uh, Moses parts the Red Sea. Yes. And yeah. So uh, this is a, this actually is amazing to watch. Actually, as a oh, yeah. as an animated as an animated film, and on top of that as well, like uh, you know, it's not it's not like you know the, the Red Sea parts and the, like all the uh, marine life stops. You actually get to see it as they're walking across. Like, yeah, exactly. Uh, it's crazy. And uh, so it's it's amazing, you know, because you get to see, you know, the the the, the whale swimming by, and you get to see fish, and you know, everybody, and, and you know, you, there was like this like darkness, like when they get in there, you have to understand that they're in the bottom of the ocean, so everything is almost like completely dark when they're walking past it. It's the lighting effect is like really amazing. Yeah, and I'd definitely say it's better than the Simpsons version when they just flush toilets to. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> So, um, uh, so that happens, and then the um, the the siege just kind of just crushes pretty much um, Ramesses and his entire army, and uh, yeah. so they they definitely got that. And the same thing happened, I think, in the Ten Commandments, and uh, yeah, anything- yeah, pretty much the same thing happened in the Ten Commandments and in the Bible, in which yeah. like when the when the soldiers try to go after the uh, the slaves, the water just came crashing down, and basically like they were they all drowned, and you know Ramesses was the only one who pretty much survived, and you know uh, Ten Commandments portrayed it like you know he was walking back to the palace and he just dropped his sword down, you know showing that he didn't kill Moses and he sat back on his throne while in prince of egypt he basically was just like crying out to moses you know back at the other side pretty much all alone by himself mm-hmm. so um and then uh, it ends with a scene where he he carves the uh, commandments in the stone and uh and then he's just uh, seen in uh in a profile really uh yeah then- pretty much in a profile so yeah, that's that's pretty much it. I mean, I guess, you know, they didn't want to go in depth about the 40 years of wandering because it, it doesn't end well, you know, for the first generation of the slaves and for Moses, for that matter. So, yeah, I guess well, they wanted to end in a more triumphant note. Yeah. And uh, the Ten Commandments obviously, you know, made it a bit more of a tra- made it more of a tragedy, I think, for Moses than uh, the Prince of Egypt did. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah we're, we're, and you know, it followed in the Bible in which, you know, Moses doesn't get to go to the promised land. He actually does get to see it when he, you know, climbs up to Mount Sinai and then, you know, he passes away and then Joshua basically takes over as the leader you, for the second generation. Have you seen the, Have you seen that meme on on the internet which, uh, you know, obviously it was like uh, they said it was like 40 years through the desert did they say? Uh, yeah, 40 for, yeah, years. For 4 years. What was it? 4 or 40? No, no, years? it was 40. It was 40. forty years, yeah. So like they they say like he was running around the desert for like forty years, and then there's someone puts like a Google Maps thing and like says, oh, you can get there with like in an hour. Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, you have to remember that this was a punishment, uh, you know, for what uh, you know the Israelites were doing in the sense of like. Uh, you know, disobeying God, like worshiping the golden camel and all that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. basically, you know, everything that God, w- you know, saw the Israelites doing, like not being appreciative of what they were doing, you know, when they were walking around. Um, you know, not only that, but the fact that, you know, um, Moses like struck the rock so that the water can be able to flow in. And, you know, he was like really disappointed that he didn't have trust in God, basically saying like, you know, any, um, 
and you know they were going to wander around the desert for 40 years anybody who um was like a little kid was able to go into the promised land any adults were not going to so joshua was able to lead them over to canaan and then you know th that whole thing is you know that that's another story right there but but yeah for the most that's, part, probably, it, that's probably the sequel to the prince of egypt so they have decided yeah to that, that, that is the, the sequel to the prince of egypt exactly when you know they basically just you know try to go over to canaan and they had to fight off the people who were living there but that's that's another story right there but that, that you know but for the most part it does end on a triumphant note for the prince of egypt where his people are settling in on the desert and he has the ten commandments in his hands and yeah that that pretty much ends it right there so uh, the film in total, took, in total took $70 million to make, and it took home uh, way over $117 million at the box office. Yeah, so, uh, which so. um, this was the movie that they really wanted to push in as, a, like, as like their magnum opus. As mentioned before, they were working on this movie and Ants at the same time. So they they wanted this to be like their grandioso film to like make it stand out. And um, you know, they basically wanted uh, Prince of Egypt to like be uh, a major contender for like any Disney movie or any Pixar movie that was coming out at the time. Yeah. So I was about that as well. According to this, uh, the uh, the Prince of Egypt was actually their uh, the, the highest grossing non-Disney related anime, 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 sorry, animation film until the Simpsons movie came out. Exactly. So um, as I've mentioned this a million times before, but to reiterate one more time, the Rugrats movie was the first animated movie that was not done by Disney to make that kind of money. And they were crushed a month later with the Prince of Egypt making over $200 million. Mm -hmm. So it, it took a long time for another non Disney movie to do that, which, you know, the Simpsons movie came out in like, what was it, 2004? Five or six or something? Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, I tell you what, the Simpsons movie has actually been a, a long while ago, hasn't it? Actually, yeah, about, it, it has been. So it, it, I mean, it took like almost a decade for you know to break Prince. Wow, of Egypt's, the, Sim the, the Simpsons movie is eleven years old. As of oh this my broadcast. god, no way. That's crazy. So yeah, there you go. It, it took a long time for, you know, any non-Disney movie to, you know, step in and say, hey, you know, we're going to make more money than a Disney movie. Yeah. So that, that just show you how great it is. And now I think Minions is the biggest non-Disney movie, which it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. So people have been noticing that we haven't been giving scores for Dream in Dream Machine. And uh, so we're actually going to be uh, leaving that until the very last... Uh, uh, we're going to be leaving that till the very last uh, episode of the of the show, where we're going to do our, our top ten and top worst, um, you know, DreamWorks films. So we're going to leave it till then. So yeah, uh, yeah. So, so uh, yeah, and so next week uh, we're going to be looking at, uh, I believe, the Road to El Dorado, if yes. I'm correct. And so until then, from me, Aaron, and Patricia. Take care and bye for now. See you later.